Well, hey, welcome to church tonight. Welcome to the 6 p.m. service. So great to be together with you. Wasn't that a great time of worship? So good to worship the Lord together tonight. We're doing a Christmas series called It's Christmas But. Things aren't always perfect at Christmas, are they? And tonight I want to talk about being lonely. It's Christmas, but I'm lonely. I'm lonely. This Christmas season that we're in can heighten our awareness of loneliness in our hearts. I think everyone struggles with feeling lonely at different times in life, but there's something about Christmas when we're supposed to come together with friends and family that if you are even a little bit lonely, you're going to feel it 10 times more right now, won't you? Especially if you have to deal with the evil, wicked schemes of the devil like I just did this last week called a white elephant gift exchange. (laughs) Have you ever experienced this travesty? It's anti-Christmas in every way. You're giving gifts, which are mediocre to start with, but then other people come and steal your gifts to leave you with not as good of gifts. I feel like this is not what Christmas is about. It highlights the sinfulness of our hearts and our need for a savior. So I was recently in this white Christmas, uh, white elephant gift exchange, and I came into it with low expectations even to start with. And when my number was called, I went and I picked my present, I opened it up, and I was actually pleasantly surprised. This really cool travel mug for coffee was there. I'm like, all right, things are turning around for me this year. It is a Christmas miracle. But then, as you can guess, someone came walking over, and I was like, you better not. Don't eat. And he stole my gifts. And I had to pray for a moment because I started to think thoughts that were not godly. And I had to go pick another gift. That's how these work. Someone steals your gift, you go pick another gift. And I went and I opened up the next gift, and it was one of those Amazon Alexa things. Have you seen those? Yeah, it's not a good gift. I'm telling you what, if you think that's cool, it's because you've never had one. They're pretty much crazy. You'll be like, Alexa, what's the temperature outside? All right, I'll order you a thousand rolls of toilet paper. And you're like, no, don't, don't do that. That's not what I asked. It's pretty much the worst, okay? But I guess if you are lonely, Alexa could be a friend to you. You could be like, Alexa, do you love me? And she'll be like, I don't even know you, you know? But back in the drawer where you belong. Christmas time heightens feelings of loneliness. And I wanted to say this. You can be a Christian and love the Lord and be a part of a great church and still feel lonely. It's possible. David was a man after God's own heart, but he said in Psalm 25, 16, turn to me and be gracious to me for I am lonely and afflicted. He was lonely. And there's been times I've been lonely as a pastor. In fact, I never really struggled with feeling lonely until I became a pastor. It's weird how you can be lonely at times, even if you're around a lot of people. And I want you to understand this right up front. The cure for loneliness is intimacy. It's intimacy. We need intimacy. If you don't understand this, you'll seek out a cure for loneliness and you won't find it. People will they'll go to parties. They'll join sports teams. They'll go become part of a club. They'll go out to the club um, and they're looking for companionship. They don't realize you will not cure loneliness by being around more people. Loneliness is not caused by a lack of people in your life, but by a lack of intimacy. So you need intimacy. Without it, you'll always be lonely. We need intimacy with God and with people. So let me highlight that and explain that. First, we were designed for intimacy with people. With people. We need other people. You could be a trailblazer. You could be an introvert. But if you think you don't need other people, you're lying to yourself. 
We need other people. God designed us this way. And we see an example of this in Scripture in Genesis 2.18. God created Adam. He was in the Garden of Eden. And then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Understand, he was in the garden, surrounded by animals. So if pets were enough, he would have had plenty of pets. He was surrounded. We could have frolicked in the woods with the deer and played with a little puppy, but it wasn't enough. God said it's not good that he's alone. He needs more. So God created woman so he could have intimacy with another person. There's a myth, I think, that some Christians believe that if you're spiritual enough, if you have enough faith, you won't really need other people. Like, it's just me and God. We're good. Just us. No, God designed you to need other people. It's part of his plan. And I want to show you the MVP of Christianity, the Apostle Paul. He's kind of like our pro bowler. Every year, he's just number one. He went through times of being lonely. In 2 Timothy 4, verse 9, he's in prison. He said, be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. And then he talks about this trial that he was on. He says, at my first defense, no one stood with me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them. Do your best to come before winter. So Paul was a man of God. And if just praying more was the cure for loneliness, that's what he would have done. But he was saying to the believers, hey, come. I need some people in my life. I need some friends in my life. Bring Mark to come and encourage me. And come quickly. Don't wait. Come before winter because I'm, I'm feeling lonely. I was at trial and people abandoned me. They deserted me. No one stood by my side. Sounds like a lonely person, doesn't it? That's the way lonely people think. No one cares about me. Everyone has abandoned me. I'm all alone. So Paul, the apostle Paul, he was feeling the same way. You can have a lot of friends and be surrounded by a lot of people, but still feel lonely. And listen, social media does not cure loneliness, does it? It's social, but it's not going to cure loneliness. In fact, it can create even more loneliness because social media it creates this false sense of intimacy where you're having a lot of interaction with people, but not a lot of intimacy. Social media allows you to just put out whatever you want people to see, but it doesn't necessarily show what's going on inside of your heart. In fact, times in my life that I felt the most lonely are probably times I'm on social media the most. So think about that. If you start to feel lonely, maybe you're trying to understand intimacy. I want to help you understand it this way by just saying it differently. Say it like this. Say, into me see. That's what intimacy is. Into me see. I need you to see into me. I need you to see who I am. I need you to know me at the depths of my soul in order to feel like we have intimacy. That's what close friendship is like. It's not just that someone knows your name. It's not that they just know what hobbies you're into, but they know you. They know into you. They know your soul, your strengths, your weaknesses. And we all need this. We need intimacy. It looks this way. Physically, metaphorically, we need to go from arm's length relationships to armpit relationships. You know what I'm saying? And that's why it's so good to be a part of a church. You come to church on Sunday to be with God's people. Nothing can replace being with God's people. As good as it is that we can watch a live stream on the internet, if we're at home, it's sick. The thing that we can't replicate at home is this, being surrounded by God's people. And we need that. We need to come together and have armpit relationships. 
Like, it's not true church unless I get some of your armpit juice on me at some point. All right, I didn't come to church for a fist bump. I didn't come to church for a handshake. Like, how are you doing today? Good, I'm fine. How are you? Good, nice. See you later. No, I need to get your deodorant stain on my shirt. You know what I mean? Like, I need to know that you love me that way. Like, we just go right to the man hug, the bro hug that says, I love you. I'm here for you. It's intimacy. We need this. And it's okay. I'm talking metaphorically. If you don't like to be touched, we're going to leave you alone. All right? But we do care about you. We want to have intimacy in relationship. Proverbs 18.24 says, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You can have many companions, you can have many friends, but unless you have this kind of friend, a true intimate friendship where someone sticks close, knows you deeply, you're going to lack intimacy. I wanted to highlight this verse because it says, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Okay, notice it didn't say there is a boyfriend who sticks close. It doesn't say there is a girlfriend. I wanted to highlight this because some of you have never gone more than five minutes in your adult life without being in a sexual relationship, without being in a romantic relationship. We have to learn how to have friendships with intimacy that don't have to be sexual. We were designed by God to need that, to need that. And if you don't understand that, you'll go from boyfriend to boyfriend looking for intimacy, girlfriend to girlfriend, and you'll just leave a trail of heartbreak in your wake looking for intimacy. We need more than sex. Sex is not the cure for loneliness. In fact, meaningless sex will leave a person more lonely. Physical contact with the opposite sex is not intimacy. Men often want sex as proof of love. Women often give sex hoping to receive love. So people are pursuing sex oftentimes, and they don't realize they're actually looking for intimacy. But that's not what it is. A garden hose is not the source of water. It is a vehicle to express water. It's an outlet for water. Sex is not the source of intimacy. It's a way to express intimacy. So we all need friendships that are intimate but non-sexual. We need marriages that are intimate sexually and non-sexually. If you don't have intimacy before sex, you won't have it after sex. We need this. We need intimacy with people. Are you feeling alone? Have you ever felt alone? And it could be for reasons outside of your control. Maybe people in your family who you love passed away. Maybe someone divorced you and left you. Maybe you moved here to a new city for a new job. Maybe this is your first week at church and you feel alone right now. It's normal to feel alone. We all go through these seasons. Maybe you feel misunderstood. If you feel alone, I want you to know you made the right choice coming to church tonight. You made the right choice coming to be with God's people because the people in this room are here to love you, to have your back, and to have close, intimate relationship with you. Relationship that honors God and cures loneliness. Do you believe that? Come on. If you believe it, let the people in this room know I've got your back. We were designed for intimacy with people and we were designed for intimacy with God. This is the reason that even non-Christians will spend their whole lives searching for a higher power, looking for purpose, looking to be known and unconditionally loved because we're longing for the thing that only God can give us. Intimacy is not something that we can achieve with God. It's something that God is restoring with us. 
We were designed to have intimacy with God. We had it at one point, and then we lost it. When Adam and Eve willfully sinned and chose to disobey God, they were separated from God. They lost the close intimacy that they had at one time. I want to share about that. Genesis 3, verse 8. They sinned, and then it says this. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Okay, so understand this. Originally, Adam and Eve had close relationship with God, the creator of the universe. And what I deduce from this passage is that on a pretty regular basis, they would have supper and then go for a walk with God in the evening. How cool would that be? Right, go for a walk with God? Yes, please. That'd be amazing. You have some supper, and then you hear God coming. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, there's God. Let's go, baby. Get your coat. We can go for a walk with God. And you go out with God like, hey, God, how was your day today? He's like, oh, it was good. What did you do? I made some stars over in this other galaxy. It's going great. What did you guys do? We named some animals. It was cool. Uh, that's awesome. And then they could ask God questions like, God, I've been wondering. Could you make a burrito so big you couldn't eat it? And God was like, that's a stupid question. They had this close relationship. Wouldn't that have been amazing? Just to be able to talk to God and just ask him questions like that. But then when they sinned, sin caused separation between them and God. And you need to know this. Sin causes separation between man and God. That's why sin is so serious. It separates us. And if you continue on in sin for your whole life and ultimately die in sin, you'll be separated from God for eternity in hell. It's so serious. And when we're separated from God, sinfulness leads to loneliness. And what's crazy and ironic and sad is that loneliness oftentimes drives us to more sinfulness. That's why so many people get caught up in pornography use. They're lonely they're looking for intimacy, and so they turn to this thing that gives an illusion of intimacy that leaves them feeling even more lonely and ashamed, which causes them to sin even more, and it's this deadly cycle. I want to talk to the Christians in the room. If you've been hiding sin in your life, it could be that you've been hiding God from your life. He still sees you. He still knows you. He still wants a relationship with you, but if you feel distant from him, if you have unconfessed sin in your life, there's a reason that you feel distant. Adam and Eve, they sinned, and then in a moment, their eyes were opened. They were aware of their shame. They were aware of their guilt, and they tried to hide from God, which is pretty funny to think about hiding from the creator of the universe behind some trees. Like, does he see us? And God comes walking along. Where are you? I'm over, I'm over here in the bushes. He got me. Like, God knew where he was. Like, a parent will ask their kids, you know, like, what happened in school today? You already got called by the teacher. You just want to see what they say, deciding how long you're going to ground them for. God's like, where are you? I'm here. What'd you do? Nah, I did the thing you said not to do. Why did you uh, make those fig leaves into underwear? We were naked. They, did you know that they did this? They sewed fig leaves together as the original fruit of the loom to cover themselves up. Like, we're naked. We just realized. And their nakedness kind of highlights the idea of being ashamed, and sin always causes shame. 
They tried to cover their shame. They tried to work to cover their shame, which was foolish. It highlights the foolishness of us trying to achieve acceptance with God through our own good works. We cannot do enough good works to restore intimacy with God. We can't help enough old ladies across the street or serve at enough soup kitchens or give enough money to restore intimacy with God. It would be foolish. But God covered their shame. He fashioned clothes for them and covered their nakedness. And this is what God did for us through Jesus. When Jesus' blood was shed, the blood of Jesus covered our sin. It washed it away. It covered our shame and allowed us to be restored to intimacy with God when we accept Jesus. This is what we were made for, to have this intimacy again. So intimacy with God is not achieved by our own good works, but we are restored by grace. Coming clean, not hiding in the bushes from God, but saying, here I am, I'm a wretched sinner. I can't save myself. I need salvation. I need forgiveness. I need Jesus to save me. It's so important to have intimacy with God because until you experience it, you'll never be able to have intimacy with people. Do you realize this? As you get close to people, you'll start to see their flaws and undesirable qualities. But love calls us to overlook people's shortcomings and love them for the good in them. But until you accept that from the Lord, you won't be able to give that to other people. Until you realize that God has overlooked your sins and loved you for the fact that he made you, you won't be able to overlook other people's shortcomings and have close, intimate relationships with them. Some of you can't love other people and overcome their shortcomings because you've never received the love of God and the fact that he forgives you and overlooks your shortcomings. So we need this. We need this type of intimacy And I want you to know, if you have been distant from God, God is calling to you. He sees you, but he's asking, where are you? And he's hoping you'll say, I'm here. I want to be close to you. I need you. The person your soul is longing for is also longing for you. Will you turn to him? We need that intimacy with God. So that's kind of a spiritual thing. I want to give you some practical help about feeling lonely and what to do. Here are some things you can do. You can take some notes if you need. But first, tell someone you're lonely. Tell someone you're lonely. I hear people admit things all the time that are funny, like they'll admit that they're jealous, that they're angry, that they're sad, um, that they're frustrated. But I rarely, I can barely ever remember hearing someone admit I'm lonely, especially guys. Is this just a guy thing? I don't know. I've been, I, don't, I don't know the reason for this, but I don't hear people admit I'm lonely. It's like we think that that is somehow embarrassing to admit that you're lonely. If I admit that I'm lonely, it's like saying that I'm not really worthy to have friends. That's not true. It shouldn't be embarrassing to tell people that you feel lonely. God is the one who designed us to need people. So you need to understand intimacy demands vulnerability. You've got to be willing to be vulnerable with people in order to find that kind of intimacy. And this is one example of that. Just being willing to say, I'm lonely. I need some people in my life. If you're feeling lonely, tell someone. Tell someone. You could even go up to someone after church um, and just say, hey, like, can we get coffee sometime? Because I've been lonely. You could post on Facebook and just say, hey, I'm feeling kind of lonely. Does anyone want to hang out? You're like, oh, I can't do that. That's embarrassing. No, it's not. It's not. God's the one who made you to need other people in your life. David was this studly warrior king in the Bible, but he admitted, I'm lonely. I'm lonely and afflicted. He cried out to God for help. So we should be willing to admit when we feel 
is feeling loneliness. Second, fight for relationships. You've got to be willing to fight for intimacy. And first with God. Fight for intimacy with God by scheduling and prioritizing time to read his word. You've got to force yourself. You've got to discipline yourself to read the Bible. In the Bible, you you will encounter God. And you'll hear God speaking to your life. And there will be intimacy whether you like it or not. You will get to know him better. And you'll realize he knows you really well. You got to force yourself to talk to God. Discipline yourself just to talk to him like he's your friend. You don't have to say thee and thou. You just talk to God like he's your friend. You just walk through. The way I talk to God is like, man, this day, mm, it's crazy. Help me out. Like, that's, like we're friends. We got to do it. You got to force yourself. Discipline yourself. Fight for this. Put worship music on. Worship God. Force yourself. Discipline yourself. If you do sin, repent right away. Repent right away. You don't have to carry that for weeks and feel guilty about it. Just repent, be forgiven, be free from shame, and continue on in intimacy. Fight for it. But here's the thing. Having intimacy with God is the easy part. Because God always responds to anyone who is seeking to have intimacy with him. You don't have to work for it. You just have to want it. The minute you say, God, I want to be close to you, he, I'm here. Let's do this. The tricky part is having intimacy with people. We have to fight for intimacy with people. I had some pastor friends come preach for me this summer when I was on vacation, and they become a good source of support for me, encouraging me, praying for me, giving me good godly counsel at times. But I had to fight for those relationships. I joined this group for pastors to come together and help one another and be mentored by older, wiser pastors. And it was a a real benefit. This process was supposed to be two years. And I met these guys who later became friends. And I got to tell you, halfway through the process, I almost quit going. I went to the first couple of meetings, and I almost talked myself out of continuing. Because, you know, it's inconvenient, and I'm busy, and it's far away, and I've got a lot to do. But thank God my wife and the Holy Spirit convinced me to keep going, and we became friends. People often come into church, and they're lonely. And as a pastor, we give them very clear guidance on how to deal with that. I'll just remind you, join a life group, serve on a team, come to church on a regular basis. And yeah. And yet people will hear this very clear guidance and not do it. Join a life group. Well, see, it's not really a good day for me. What's your day? All of them. Can you serve on a team? I got some things I got to do. Listen, let me, I just want to ask a question. Can we just like lean in close together? Could you be lonely because you've been lazy? We're allowed to have conversation like this. We're close. It's an intimate relationship. You've got to be willing to fight for that intimacy and work for that. It's easy to stay home with Netflix, but Netflix does not into me see. It does give me suggested television shows based on my viewing history, which is convenient. But it doesn't really know the depths of my soul. I need relationships with people. Loneliness is easy. Intimacy is work. It's work. People today are more lonely than ever. In fact, sociologists call loneliness an epidemic. It's actually killing people. We need Generation Church to be a place where it's hard to stay lonely. Where you might come that way, but it will be very difficult to continue leaving that way. 
because one of these crazy fools up in here will track you down and have conversation with you whether you like it or not. I need you to be this way, church. I need you to be on the lookout for people who display symptoms of loneliness. Just watching, just looking, like not neighborhood watch, we need loneliness watch. You're on it now, whether you like it or not. I've just drafted you into the loneliness watch team. So from now on, when church is dismissed, when you're coming in and you're walking through the lobby, you're walking through the hallways, I want you on the lookout for people who might be lonely. There could be someone who comes to church today, next Sunday, who is desperately in need of relationship. They need a lifeline. They need someone to say, hi, how are you? How are you doing? Let me get some armpit juice on you real quick. It's up to you, and you could literally save someone's life. And what that means is I need you not to just jet out of church five seconds after the service is dismissed each week. Or for some of you, before the service is dismissed. (laughs) Don't do it. Listen, Jesus is not giving out rewards for first person out of the parking lot after church on Sunday. He is giving out rewards for loving one another and bearing each other's burdens and fulfilling the law of Christ. So let's stick around for a minute, right? You already went through all the trouble of putting your makeup on and putting your out-of-the-house clothes on. Let's just hang out for another 10 minutes, right? It was worth getting out of those sweatpants and putting some jeans on. Let's just spend some time together. You should make it your goal to be one of the last people who leaves at least once a month. That's my challenge. Just help shut the place down. So our safety team's coming up to you like, sir, could you please go home? Then you're doing it. Then you're doing it. That's what we need. We gotta fight. We gotta fight for this. And if you're feeling lonely, you gotta fight through those feelings and those lies that you hear that say, nobody cares about you, you should just go home. You shouldn't even go because no one will even miss you. That's a lie from the devil who doesn't want you to find community because he knows that if you're alone, you're vulnerable. Fight for intimacy. Here's the third thing. Discover the benefits of time alone. There are benefits to time alone. Being alone does not necessarily mean you have to be lonely. And there are some social butterflies, the extroverts in the room, who will mistake silence for loneliness. But silence can be a good thing. You don't always have to have the TV on and the radio playing and music playing and podcasts playing. There can be a benefit to silence and time alone. God can allow us for certain seasons to go through time away from people so that we'll learn to recognize the sound of his voice. God generally does not shout. I shout sometimes. God generally whispers. He whispers so that we'll hear him when we're listening. He wants to be heard by people who are listening. So he has this way of talking softly. So when you're away from people, it can actually be a great time to draw close to the Lord. Luke 5.16 says, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus, who was God felt it would be beneficial on a regular basis to draw away from people and be close to God. People were demanding a lot from him, so he wanted to be close to God, who wanted to pour out love on him. People were talking about Jesus. There was a lot of noise, so he went to be close to God and have a time of silence and hear his voice. He was misunderstood, being the only person who's ever lived who was both fully God and fully man. So he went to go be with God who understood him. This time away from people could be a benefit to you. And maybe God has been waiting for you to recognize that your season of aloneness might not be a curse. Your season alone could be a blessing. 
And I think we need to recognize that this time apart from people could be a part of God's plan to restore a deeper level of intimacy with you. So at Christmas time, we're going to have some gift exchanges. People give you gifts. Hopefully you give them one back. (laughs) And we exchange. I think about the great exchange that God made with us through Jesus. We gave him our sin and our shame and death, and he gave back to us righteousness and forgiveness and life. And at Christmas time, it's a good time to exchange natural thinking for supernatural thinking. We need to exchange the natural order of reason for supernatural understanding. Christmas is a great reminder that we're not alone. So instead of saying, yeah, it's Christmas, but I'm so lonely, we should say, I'm lonely, but it's Christmas. And right there in the Christmas story, it tells me that God is with me. Matthew 1.23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God is with us. The intimacy that God had with Adam and Eve in the garden is restored for us through Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus came. That's why he was born on this earth, so that we could have intimacy with God again. And Jesus, he continued to flip natural thinking on his head. He actually said this in John 16, but I tell you that I'm going to do what is best for you. This is why I am going away. The Holy Spirit cannot come to help you until I leave. But after I am gone, I will send the Spirit to you. So Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away because then I can send the Holy Spirit to be with you all the time. I would have been there like, no, don't go. And he said, no, it's actually good because then the Holy Spirit can come. Jesus brought God to us. The Holy Spirit brings God into us. The Holy Spirit does what Jesus wasn't able to do while he was on this earth. Jesus could not physically be with everyone at the same time, but the Holy Spirit can. If you've placed your faith in Jesus and accepted him as your savior, he's inside of you. It's the way that you wish you could be with your best friends more often, but life gets busy and you can't. The Holy Spirit allows you to be with your best friend 24-7. He's always with you. So you're not alone. The Apostle Paul, who we talked about at the beginning of this message, said he was alone, that he had been abandoned. 2 Timothy 4, 16. He said, at my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. All my friends left me. And people might leave you at times. People might turn their backs on you. People might let you down. But look what he said in verse 17. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me, so I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord stood by me. People abandoned me, but the Lord stood by me. The Lord, he stands by you. Who is he talking about, though? Jesus had already left the earth. He was talking about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. And listen, the same Spirit that was with Paul is with you tonight. So you are not alone. It's possible to overcome loneliness because we're not alone. Matthew 28, verse 20, Jesus said, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus wasn't lying when he said that because the Holy Spirit is with you always till the end of the age. You don't have to be lonely because you're never alone. Aren't you grateful that God has restored us in relationship to him through Jesus Christ? I'm grateful. Let's bow our heads. God, we thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray for anyone who's here tonight who might be feeling lonely. I ask that you would encourage them, that you would speak to them and remind them of your love, that they're not alone, that they have family, that they have a church community, that you are with them most importantly. Lord, I pray that you'll help us as a church to be more aware of people who need that lifeline of encouragement. 
Help us to have eyes to see people who are broken and hurting and need community. Help us to be the difference in their lives. God, I pray for anyone who's here tonight who doesn't have a relationship with you, who has not experienced that intimacy. Maybe you've been far from God for some time. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never accepted Jesus. Maybe you once knew him, but then sin has separated you from God and you have that longing in your spirit to return to him. I wanna give you a chance tonight to accept Jesus as your savior and be restored in intimacy to God. Not to be lonely anymore not to be far from God anymore. And it's so worth saying no to sin so that we can say yes to Jesus and receive the greater gift that God gives us. Nothing else can satisfy us, but Jesus can. So if you're here tonight, I wanna just lead you in a prayer. You could pray this prayer anywhere, but this is the best time to do it, the time right now. I wanna lead you in a prayer. It's not magic, but it just expresses what's in your heart. And if you mean this prayer, then God will hear it and you'll be forgiven of sin, you'll be adopted into God's family, and you'll be restored to God the way that he designed you to be. So let's just pray together. Just say, God, I need you. I've sinned, and my sin has separated me from you. I wanna be forgiven for my sins. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sin, and I believe that he rose again so I can have life. I'm putting my trust in you right now. I want to grow to know you more closely. I thank you for loving me and never abandoning me, and I give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God's so good, right? Let's stand to our feet. We just need to give God worship and give him praise. But listen, I do want to take a moment to celebrate with anybody who just accepted Jesus as Savior. That's the most important decision you could ever make in your life, and all of heaven is celebrating if you just prayed that prayer. So I'm not going to embarrass you and make you go anywhere or do anything to you, but we're just going to cheer and celebrate. If you just accepted Jesus as your Lord, I'm going to count to three and ask you just to shoot your hand up so we can celebrate that with you. One, God loves you. Two, welcome to his family. Three, just shoot your hand up. Just be bold. That's awesome. That's awesome. So good. Anyone else? That's me. Amazing. Come on, we got to give God praise tonight. He never left us. He never forsook us. He deserves all the praise, right? Lift it up.